welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. My name's Julie Rufo, and I'm the lead content specialist for Conscious Discipline. I've helped produce many of the products you love and have assisted Dr. Bailey in writing her best-selling books and curriculums for more than 22 years. My husband's a high school teacher and a Conscious Discipline certified instructor, and we have two energetic, amazing daughters together. Conscious Discipline is one of my life's passions and greatest honors. For those of you new to Real Talk, Conscious Discipline is an adult-first, trauma-responsive approach to self-regulation that integrates social and emotional learning, an equitable and connected school culture, theory and application, and research and brain-based discipline practices. Together, these factors provide a pathway to resiliency as well as systemic and sustainable change. In today's episode of Real Talk for Real Teachers, we're going to join a conversation between Dr. Bailey and the principal of Verado Elementary School, Luke Jenke. Luke is going to share with us dozens of important elements of his school's conscious discipline experience, from the earliest stages of practice to ways male socialization impacts his implementation, to connection and hope during the pandemic, to administrators leading by example, and finally to an innovative peer mediation approach to conflict that's connecting disconnected kids in truly life-changing ways. There's so many great insights to absorb here. I don't want to keep you from the content for one second longer. So let's join with Dr. Bailey and Luke in Arizona to hear about his school's journey with conscious discipline. And I'll be back to share more with you after their conversation. Hi, uh, I'd like for everyone uh, to join me in a conversation. I'm sitting here with Luke. He's from uh, Verado Elementary. Verado Elementary in Litchfield yeah. Elementary School District. Yep. And so Litchfield, the whole school district took on this initiative with conscious discipline. Yep. And then how many elementary schools are there? We've got uh, nine elementary schools, two K-8 four middle schools, an alternative school, and now we're going to have an uh, online school as well. So it's going to be 17 schools. Wow. And so it was rolled out from the district, and then it came to you. And uh, did it immediately speak to you, or you were like, no, no, no? And how did that come about that you thought, this might be something good for my school? Yeah, immediately. Um, because I hadn't done any research. It was just going to be a training that we got when we came back from summer, mm -hmm. and it was going to be two days worth of training. And I felt really good about where my campus was, and I felt like we were doing really good stuff, which we were. It wasn't yeah. like we were doing bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the, the conscious discipline trainer came in for the two days, and within the first couple hours, I was like, that's better than what we're doing. So we have an obligation to do that for kids. Which, I was thinking in the kid vein, but actually, it was really good for the adults. Yeah. So that's, my mind has changed, and I was, I was on board straight away. Like, how do, we, how do we get moving with this? Like, what's the plan? Like, how can we start rolling? You know, that's interesting because, uh, I mean, typically, and kind of historically, I mean, we, we've had a, a growth in our own awareness as a country, I get, about how important it is for social-emotional needs of the children and of the teachers. Um, but we don't often get men who kind of grab on that quick. Uh, why would you think that might be a difference? Or it certainly wasn't for you. But could you kind of put yourself in, a, in another male position and kind of yeah. help us understand so, that? So, 
certainly, and not to be stereotypical, but um, I don't think men are taught to feel or emote very yeah. much. Um, and if we do, it's inside us, and that's not going to be that's not going to be coming out of us. Yes. Uh, so it's not as comfortable, right, for for a man to talk about their feelings and yes. to you know be reflective on their own feelings and the and even if it's trauma, like you know, rub some dirt on it and move on type yeah. of thing from a man's mindset where we don't necessarily want to process and think about that. It's just like it's yeah, over put here. It aside. Let me do my work over here. And, and, and so that, that speaks a lot to you that you would, even, even with that kind of socialization that men get, which is socialized that way, you know, toughen up and yep. go through it, that you could, um, one, open your heart enough to see that maybe for the kids and for my staff uh, and take it on. I mean, so you, I mean, you had to really step outside your comfort zone and grab hold of this. Yeah, and, and I can also credit that to some of the the ladies that I work with that are my, my bosses, my friends, my yeah. supervisors, um, they took a chance on me. I came from a high school level to an elementary mm -hmm. district, and I was introduced to RTI and PBIS, mm -hmm. which I had, I had no idea what that was either, but they took a chance on me, and I was like, they've got some good ideas. If they're pitching it, I'm going to buy it. So when, um, when my good friend Megan is pitching something yeah. to me, I'm... I'm going to listen, yeah. and usually she's right on track. So uh, certainly I had to take that step, but I trusted the people mm -hmm. that I worked with that um, they were going to bring good stuff because they, they, they want our kids to be successful. They want our communities to be successful. Mm -hmm. They want our families to be successful. So if they're bringing something in, it's going to be research-based, mm -hmm. and it's going to be good for kids. If it's not good for kids, we're not going to do it. Excellent. So how was that process when you started taking this? And, and, and of course... You know, it's led by example. So, I mean, you had to get in there and, and bring your staff along. How was that process for you? Did people buy in pretty quickly, or was there some resistance? Or? Definitely some some resistance, um, and some people bought in. Yeah. You know, there's there's those early implementers. They look at it and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this looks great! Boom, let me try it. Let me just dive mm -hmm. in. Let me make a bunch of mistakes." And mm -hmm. yeah, you got your people that are like, "Well, I'm gonna let them do it." <laughs> And then I'll see if it works, yeah. and then I'll do it. And then there's some people that just kind of hang back and are just like, ah, this doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, until they finally are like, okay, I can see it works. I'm not going to change anybody else's mind. This is the way to go. This is what's good for kids. I'm on board. So you guys were already doing phenomenal things, and then you just, you know, kind of tweak some of the things. And uh, how, what is the results you've seen? The, I mean, is it worth the effort? Oh my gosh, the the school family—it's it's a different feel. And every time we, every time new families come, anytime a um, a new employee comes on mm -hmm. board, that's what we talk about: is our school family. Our language is all about our family. They said they've never felt anything like that before in their. And we had a good we had a good feel yeah. before. Yeah. But it's different when you're all connected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've had we've had tragedies. Um, this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I don't know how school districts that don't have a family, a school family, are getting through this because it is trying and it's taxing and it's stressful, but we're all in it together, and that makes it doable. Yeah, that, that little, that secret ingredient called hope. That's right. That, that we can make it together. Yep. So you did something uh, that I found was uh, beyond brilliant. Uh, I mean, I think... 
Uh, and that's the goal of conscious discipline. The goal is not to tell you anything about how to do anything. It's just to get you, uh, uh, to allow us to grow within ourselves enough so that we can access our own wisdom. But I thought this was just brilliant how you did this. So tell me about how you addressed the two things you said that you that were uh, uh, that you had to ponder a little bit was the girl drama and the bullying. Yep. So tell me about that and how you ended up addressing it. Well, and before I get into that, okay. I just want to say conscious discipline is brilliant because it's just a foundational piece. It's yeah. not like a boxed curriculum where yeah. I'm going to pull it out. It's just how you live and breathe every day. Yeah. So it's not like it takes more time. Yes. It's just part of who we are. Um, so within that vein, that gives you creativity to think about things in a different way and use yeah. that CD lens. So um, I could never figure out girl drama. Like when two girls were fighting mm -hmm. or having disagreements and it was like repetitive over, like mm -hmm. she's looking at me, you know, she's oh, looking at yeah. me. Like well, she's saying this, she's saying this. I couldn't, I couldn't empathize because I've never, I've never been in those shoes with, like I'm not a girl, so I yeah. don't get that. Um, and then same thing like with, it could be boys or girls, but when it's just a repetitive thing, and it could be bullying, or it could be just like, I mean to you, you're mean to me, mm -hmm. I mean to you, and then I've got parents that are calling from both sides. Mm -hmm. Like, the other one's the bully. No, the other one's the bully. Yeah. So I'm like, well, how can I utilize conscious discipline and what I know about conscious discipline in these situations? So what I did is I just uh, created like a peer mediation, mm -hmm. um, obviously built a rapport with the kids, um, talk to them about what I wanted to do, um, see if they were willing, like, do you want to problem solve? Do you want to? If they're both willing, then we come together. Um, we hear each side, each take responsibility for mm -hmm. our role in mm -hmm. the dispute and what's going on. And then if they're willing, I, I meet with them every week. And I give them an assignment every week, which is when we meet next week, you have to tell me at least one thing positive, kind, or helpful that you see in the other person and they have to do the same for you. So instead of always looking for the bad things mm -hmm. in the other person, I wanted to shift that power of attention to something that was kind, so they start looking for kind things. And I have had a couple kids like, I can't, there's no way, I can't find <laughs> anything. So I come in with one, I say, I tell you what, tomorrow I'm gonna come in during class, I'm gonna sit next to you, and I, I guarantee within five minutes, we can find something kind or helpful that the other student's doing. And undoubtedly, even if it's simple as, do you see that they're sitting over there quietly? Their eyes are on, this, on the speaker. They're listening. They're not distracting. That's helpful for the other learners around them. And then like, oh, it doesn't have to be big yeah, grandiose yeah. thing yes. where they're you know, picking somebody up off the ground or doing something like that. It's just simple things that you can see that are kind or helpful yes. to others. And it's been incredible. The first year I did it, I was just like a, like a trial with two first grade girls. Yeah which then turned into three first grade girls. And then they didn't need me anymore, but they wanted to talk with me every week. Yes, of course. Because there wasn't any problems yeah. to solve. They just wanted to tell me all the positive, kind, and helpful things that they saw. In, and now they're friends, right? Yes. They're hanging out at recess, and they're not, they're not arguing with each other all the time. So then last year, uh, before the pandemic, I probably had six or seven different situations where I'd peer mediate. And... Um, the longest one that it took before where we had to continually problem solve was like four weeks. And then after four weeks of that, they didn't need me anymore. So I would ch make my check-ins every couple weeks because yeah. I just wanted to still make sure things were on track. Um, and I'd email the parents like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. Because usually the parents say, keep that child away what? from my child. Oh, yes. 
Yes. And I, I said, well, that's not going to work because we're a family. So we need to put them together yes. and problem solve it. And it's worked so far. Now, granted, my sample size is, is relatively small. Yeah. I've been doing this for a year, but it's, the results have been great. Well, you know what's the brilliant part of this? I mean, you know, it's not, is that the way that you look to see how to change their minds about each other. I mean, that, that going off, now try, go out and find something where they're being helpful, where they're being kind, and that, that little kind of like water on a rock almost, you know, just a little bit of a drip here. See them differently, see them differently, see them differently. And of course, that's just one of the principles in conscious discipline. If, if you can't see someone differently, they're not going to be able to behave differently. But you gave that lens to the kids. And I think, Luke, I am so, I mean, I was blown away when I heard this yesterday, but that's why I want everybody to hear it. That is so daggone brilliant. You know, in, in one hand, you go, well, duh, yeah. But it's like putting those wheels on the suitcase. Yeah. No one thought about it until someone thought about it. So, yeah. Uh, and now, how about the parents? Are the parents starting to get back together? Is it going back up into the home? Or? Yeah, and that's, that's the other unintended consequence was um, it's a close-knit community. Mm -hmm. So the parents know each other. Yes. And when the kids aren't getting along, then the parents don't get along. So once the kids start getting along better, then the parents can finally have that relationship again with each other. And then the kids can hang out with each other again outside of school play on the same teams, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, um, just by seeing the good in the other person. They're not a bad person anymore. Yeah. They're a good person that might be missing some skills, but we're working on that. And that, I mean, so does, I, that's got to feel good to you. It I does mean, feel it's got to feel good to you that you're not, I mean, because we like to think that, you know, I'm a school within a community, but often it's the school and then there's the community. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to be in that close-knit community and see your school back up into the community and make it a better place for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's got to feel good. It feels good. And for anybody that's like, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. Think about when you have bullying complaints. Mm -hmm. Think about when you have fights. Think about all the negative effects that bullying has on kids' lives. Mm -hmm. Each one of these peer mediations was like a five to ten minute piece of my time every week that I'm, I'm saving time by putting that time in on the front end versus having to do all the parent phone calls when a fight happens and do the discipline, whatever the that's The paperwork. Gonna, all that kind of stuff yes. that, that happens on the back end when things aren't going well. If I, can, if I can head it off before that happens and then those kids have that skill moving forward so that if they have another conflict with another child, now they know what to do. So it, it does have a ripple effect. It was just an experiment at first, but then it's kind of, it's grown its way where it's, it, it's just, it's actually been a time saver when I thought initially this is gonna be, I don't have time for this. Right. But it's been a time saver and the skills that are built with those kids, they don't just stay in first grade or second grade or third grade. They carry that with them in fourth grade and in fifth grade. And then when they go to the middle school, they've still got that skills mm -hmm. and they've had that experience of this is what happens when I have a con conflict with a peer. Yeah, I mean, that is great. I mean, and the, uh, like you said, an inner resource that once you get an inner resource, wherever you go, 
there you are, yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. as opposed to an external one, which means as soon as I'm removed from that external controller, uh, I'm kind of a, a sailboat without a, yep. a rudder. Well, th Luke, thank you so much, and thank you for all you're doing for, um, I like to think of all our children. I think we're all in this together. Yep, so sure. your kids out there are like our kids, and your community is part of our big, giant world. And thank you so much you for bet. all you're doing. My pleasure. So there you have it, an implementation overview from A to Z, Adult First SEL to Zest for Community. Remember how clearly Luke stated how conscious discipline isn't a box curriculum. It's a foundation you build your interactions and your approach to discipline on. It's an internal system of wise choices and creative problem solving, not an external system of say this, do that. The seven powers create a mindset shift that empowers us to access our internal wisdom so we can come up with meaningful solutions as he did. Luke's creative approach to girl drama and bullying shows this mindset shift in practice. Common approaches to these difficult problems generally support the idea that separation and exclusion are viable solutions for conflict. Basically, in our efforts to teach children to get along, we model don't talk to her, separate them, expel them, turn them apart. Luke's foundation in conscious discipline led him to a different approach that's a bit of a hybrid of the time machine, the peace process, and the kind recorder structures conscious discipline uses to support problem solving and positive intent. His peer mediation program brought the parties in conflict closer together through seeing the best in each other and seeing from each other's perspectives. He lent the students his own lens of positive intent so they could see the situation differently, see from each other's perspectives, heal their conflict, and truly connect as a school family. As he said early on, Verado Elementary was already a good school. They rightfully owned that success, and yet they also recognized that growth is a continual lifelong process, and they were willing to seize a better way with conscious discipline. How many of us would have thought, nah, we're fine, everything's fine, rather than risking the commitment to change? Luke and his staff committed to conscious discipline and brought their school to a new level of excellence, delivering lifelong skills to their students. Way to go, Verado School family. You're paving the way for a brighter, more just, and more compassionate future for us all. So what have Dr. Bailey and conscious discipline been up to? It's Institute season, and you can feel the buzz of excitement and anticipation as we welcome attendees back to our in-person events. A handful of seats are still available at a few of our satellites, our Infant Toddler Institute in September, and our in-person Elevate Social-Emotional Learning Conference. So hop on over to ConsciousDiscipline.com to register before you've missed your chance. And if you're an administrator who is inspired by Luke's story, be sure to check out the Conscious Discipline for Administrators event October 4th in New Albany, Indiana. We're also kicking off our year-long celebration of Conscious Discipline's 25th anniversary. Be on the lookout for a newly designed celebratory logo and other fun surprises as we celebrate 25 years as a worldwide leader in research-based, brain-based, and sustainable SEL. I hope you've enjoyed our time together today. Until next time, I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. 
You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.